were listening to Heavenly Warriors, the podcast for anyone who wants to learn the deeper supernatural truths not taught in most mainstream churches. Your hosts are best-selling author and guests on shows like The History Channel and Coast to Coast AM, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh, and me, a former atheist cop turned exorcist and author. This podcast is brought to you by my newest book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, which can be found at rickbellwriting.com, R-I-C-K-B-E-L-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com, and by Dr. Joy Jeffrey Pugh's newest book, Beastmark, which you can find at drjoy.com, that's D-R-J-O-Y-E.com. Whether you believe in the devil and demons or not doesn't matter to them. In fact, demons prefer you don't believe, so you'll never know what's hitting you when they attack. The truth is, we have invisible enemies who want to rob us, attack our families with sickness and addictions, and cause us to struggle financially. We want to help you become a stronger and smarter heavenly warrior. Dr. Joy, it is so good to hear your voice, although it's a little under the weather, and that's one of the reasons we've missed a, a few weeks of doing these podcasts, because you were hit with something that literally stole your voice, which is your ministry. You, For, for those of you who, uh, for our listeners who don't know, Dr. Joy is a musician. Not only is she a, a prolific author and speaker and teacher, she's also a singer and a musician with, with uh, music recorded, and she performs and and does praise and worship in churches, and that has been taken from you for how long now? Three weeks? Four weeks? Uh, almost going on four weeks, um, Rick, and it's really been a very difficult thing for me because that is what I do. This is kind of my life, is, is to be able to talk and to minister and to counsel I mean, to be around people, to do the music at church. So a lot of the time that it was supposed to be me singing, I've been playing the piano, but, you know, trying to come up with solos uh, instead of a special, do a solo special, you know, play the piano and that kind of thing. But that's still not like speaking the word. It's not like singing the, the, the lyrics because lyrics to songs have so much meaning. I mean, there's so many songs that you can choose to do in a church setting that might have an inspirational feel to it. And so, yes, I was getting quite concerned that my voice is still having this issue. And um, it's a slow process trying to get back there, but I'm glad to be able to be a part of the show today because I have really missed you and our discussions because I feel like right now, even what I went through with this, I just feel like there was a demonic thing with it. I know a lot of people say, well, you can blame the, the devil for a lot of things, but I always find it interesting that when the devil goes after you, he finds the thing that will hurt you the most. Yes. And to me, of all the things that he could have come at me at, it would be my voice because it does two things. It praises the Lord to other people. It leads people, you know, to know to Christ. And also that it allows me to minister in a, a musical form with the lyrics and the piano and, and whatever instrument that I'm playing. And so that was all like stopped. And so I just felt like that it was just really weird. Nobody around me had had laryngitis, you know, and then it just kind of turned in from laryngitis into this sinus thing. And, and just really, I, I got really, really sick. So I'm just thankful that I am doing better, but you know, I'm still on antibiotics and have a couple more days to, before I finish that up. But I'm just hoping that it's going to go ahead and clear and I can get my voice back to do the shows like with you. Uh, Monday night, I did a show uh, that was my regular schedule AMA show, but I had missed five shows before that. And I can't remember Rick and any of the time that I've been doing radio. And that's probably since 19, uh, or 2006. I can't remember ever missing maybe one or two shows ever, mm -hmm. but never five in a row, yeah. you know, like that. And I really took a chance the other night because I do most of all the talking on the show that I do. That's Dr. Joy's AMA. But, you know, my voice was literally exhausted after talking for two hours. So I, I'm really tickled to be back. But I do feel like that if, if anything 
could have come at me at a bad time when I'm trying to do for the Lord with what I do. It was that Satan found the Achilles heel that was really able to stop me from doing that kind of work. That is exactly right. And we were having a a good conversation before we began to roll tape for this show. We always say the best things. And I say, we better start recording this because this the our listeners need to hear this. And what we were talking about is people may listen and say, how in the world can someone like Dr. Joy be attacked with a sickness like this? She is a servant of the Lord. She, she's a minister. She does these things. Why couldn't she just pray and rebuke it and it go away? Isn't that what's supposed to happen? Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Aren't we taught that in church? Well, yeah, we are taught that. The problem is, if it worked, she would rebuke it, and it would be gone, and it would have been gone the first day. Now, God is sovereign. He heals whom he will in his own time. Let me remind you, the apostle Paul, yeah, that guy that wrote most of the New Testament, He had something, he referred to a thorn in his side. There was something was wrong with him that the Lord didn't take away. The Lord just told him when Paul inquired, why why won't you take this away? The Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, you're going to make it. Just hang on. It's kind of like when I was, you know, my background was in boxing. And when I was training fighters after I retired from the ring myself, I was a trainer And I would put them through very, very tough things that they would be asking me, do I have to do another one of these rounds? And I would say, yep, get in there, glove up, let's go. And I would have to be tough because I knew what was coming for them in the the real fight. So I had to get them ready. I believe the Lord does those things to us. But let me touch on this just a moment because some of you have had a crisis of faith because some of the things you've prayed for, claimed, named it, claimed it, have not come to pass as you were told they would. And therefore, it causes some people to question the Lord and to question this whole thing. What I am telling you, we perish because we don't know things. The Bible calls it a lack of knowledge. For whatever reason, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh was put on this earth to gather knowledge and to disseminate, to teach that knowledge in the form of books, in the form of these broadcasts that we do in speaking. I was put on this earth to teach people things. My career, ironically, has been built around gaining knowledge, be it in the business world, the marketing world, the martial arts world, whatever it is, and then teaching that knowledge to someone else. It is so very important. So here we are at this hour. The Lord began to give me a revelation uh, back in 2015. Dr. Joy went on the radio in 2006. I started in 2015, and the first thing the Lord told me was, get my people ready, tell them there is coming a time when the prayers they pray now in 2015 are not going to have the effect that they have. It's not going to be as easy to get breakthroughs and miracles and things. Some of you are going through right now the biggest trials of your life, and some of you feel like your prayers are bouncing, literally bouncing off the ceiling. They're not getting out of the room. You're you're saying, God, where are you? Because in times past, you feel like it's been easier to get answers to prayers. Dr. Joy said it correctly. The devil attacks us in in the area that we are going to be affected the most. In other words, our life and ministry. Our life is our ministry. So if your life is messed up, if your finances are messed up, if your relationships are messed up, your ministry is going to be messed up. And that's what the enemy, Satan, he's real. Demons, they're real, just like angels are real. They set out to mess you up in areas of your life that are going to compromise and steal your ministry. That's what Satan needs to shut down. If he can shut down you speaking the truth to someone, then he has nullified you. He's neutralized your ministry. 
The ministry you have is your prayer life and your communication. The words that you speak in this world have power. They have the power of life and death in them. So when you're speaking to someone else about their situation, you have to have wisdom. You don't have wisdom unless you've learned something. And that's the goal of, of these broadcasts is to teach them things. Now, let me, let me say it right off the bat. Some of the things that we're going to teach you, you've never heard in church. I never heard them. And that's unfortunate because as the real world has played out, we have come to find out there is much more to this thing than simply rebuking it in the name of Jesus and it goes away. If that worked, you could take the hospitals and empty them out and turn them into amusement centers or department stores or something else because you wouldn't need hospitals. If all we needed to do was rebuke it, there would be no demonically possessed, oppressed people. It wouldn't take hours and days and sometimes months to get someone set free from demonic oppression. It, you wouldn't have Christians addicted to substances like alcohol and drugs and tobacco and whatever else, greed. You wouldn't have Christians with issues that bind them, that control them. Those are demonic strongholds. You may have been told for 40 years that Christians cannot have a demon. That is a lie from the demons. <laughs> Believe me, they want you to think you can't have a demon, so don't even think about that. It's just you. It's just who you are. You just got this from your dad. You inherited this. It was, you know your daddy was this way. You know your mama was this way. What do you think that is? It's called a familiar spirit. It's generational. It comes down. Look, I didn't read this in some Derek Prince book. I have lived it for, well, for over 10 years now, helping people and learning how this works. Now, did I know how to do this when I started? I didn't have a clue. In fact, I'd get my teeth kicked in a few times. But the Lord had called me to do it, to learn how to do it. And at this stage of the game, I understand a lot more things. And there is more to, to doing this than simply rebuking it and calling something out. There are things to learn. What Dr. Joy teaches opened my eyes because the Lord had been showing me some of these things. But they sounded like heresy to me because I was taught, well, that can't be Christian stuff. That's some kind of new age. No, it's not. It is how our bodies were made and our brains are wired and how that thing that we have called the pineal gland, that, that's not make-believe. That's not some superstition. It's a part between your eyes in your forehead, the pineal gland, and it affects all things in your life. When I started hearing her teach about that, my eyes, the scales fell off and all of the other things the Lord had been showing me. It all started to come together. It's like pieces of a puzzle. And the more pieces you put together in that puzzle, the more you are going to be able to walk through victory. Now, is it going to be hard? You better believe it. You're going to go through hell. The, the, more of close, the closer you get to a breakthrough, the more of this information you get, the, the attacks will intensify. You will see... There will be more things coming at you in the areas where you were vulnerable. Let, let me put it in language you'll get. You may have a child who is not where they need to be, maybe an adult child who may be into a, a, a bad lifestyle, maybe involved drugs, maybe involved promiscuity, whatever, or maybe just rebellion. That thing is going to be a thorn in your side, and you are all you can affect you got to get yourself in a position where you can deal with it. Then you can pray them through and be the kind of godly influence that they need you to be. There's a saying when you're flying on a commercial airline, the flight attendant, you can't call them stewardesses anymore. You have to call them flight attendants. The flight attendant makes a little speech before the plane takes off, and it says, in the event that oxygen is required, the oxygen mask will drop down, Please put your oxygen mask on first before you attempt to help anyone else 
get their oxygen mask on. Because if you don't get yours on, you're going to pass out before you can help anyone else. It's the same thing with this knowledge. The Bible says every man, every woman should work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. So you've got to learn this stuff yourself. You've got to get yourself in shape before you can help anyone else get in shape. Have you ever seen a 430-pound weight loss instructor? No, <laughs> because they wouldn't have any clients. <laughs> the people who are weight loss coaches, they're trim and fit, and they don't typically need to lose a lot of weight. You understand what I'm saying. I'm being a bit facetious, but you understand. If you saw a guy that hung out a sign says, weight loss clinic, I'll show you the magic how to lose the weight. And you walk in and the dude can't get out of a chair because he's 450 pounds. You'd say, oh, um, you know what? Thanks. I'm going to think about it. I'll get back to you. It's the same thing with learning the things of God. You've, you've got to learn it yourself. Get yourself in shape so that you can help someone else get their oxygen mask on. Dr. Joy? Oh, you, you, you really summed that up perfect because that's exactly what happens. If you don't understand your enemy, and I've always said, Scripture has told us, we suffer because of lack of knowledge. Christians are suffering because of lack of knowledge. And we are supposed to be as wise as our serpent buddies. We're supposed to be gentle like a dove, but we're supposed to be as wise as they are. And like I've always mentioned, if you have any good general of any army, their thing is to find out what is the other side up to so that I know how to approach this. If you have no clue what you're fighting, because we clearly cannot see what we fight. Scripture is very clear about that. It says we do not fight against flesh and blood. You're fighting against a principality and a power that's in a very high place, and it calls it high places. Well, we know that high places is not meaning heavenly places because we would know that our Father in heaven would not be fighting against us. It's the adversary that's after us in any way, form, or fashion that he can come at us with his cronies, which are demonic and fallen angels and stuff of that nature. So they are here with us in the spiritual realm that our eyes really cannot behold until we pass into a spiritual realm, which you would be able to see them. But, you know, we, we hear about people in Scripture when their eyes were open, they were able to see the armies fighting all around us. I mean, this is a very, very clear thing that is going on. And if you ever have a near-death experience and you step out of your body into that spiritual realm where you can see all the physical the stuff that's going on, but you can also see your spiritual body outside of your physical body, then you get a better understanding of how the spiritual realm can be all around us and they can be looking at us and we can't, because our eyes cannot behold it, cannot see them. I mean, you can bend light to a point in front of somebody and the person can be standing almost nose to nose with them. And if that light has been in a certain area, their physical eyes can't behold that there's even anything there. So a uh, lots of times people don't uh, want to believe that something could be here with us, but clearly if you don't believe that, then when you talk about bacteria and moles and viruses and dust mites, we would not know that those things were here with us if we did not have microscopic capability. We would not be able to see the heavens and the numbers of stars that are out there if we didn't have, you know, Hubble telescopes and things of that nature. Our eyes can only behold a certain level in the light spectrum. And anything that's below it, we can't really behold. I mean, that's why we've developed things like ultraviolet light sensors. You know, there's different things that we can see with now because of technology that we could not see in the past. So when you think about this, and this is all around us, and we've been told in Scripture, keep your mind focused on good things. And I agree, Rick, when, when you get sick and you're a Christian, you do call out, you know, first, Lord, help me, help me get through this. Even, even though you go and you get medication and you go to the doctors, right. clearly if he's not going to heal you, it's it's still God who is healing you, yes. even if you take the medicine. That's right. Because there are people who go in the hospital with exactly the same thing. They get exactly the same medication. One dies and one walks out exactly of Exactly right. So if that's the case, you know, you could say, well, do I, do I even need to take medication? Well, it, it tells us in Scripture— that he gave us a brain to utilize as we should. But the thing is, did the, did the medication work? Because, yes, it was not your time to go. 
Um, and, and people say, well, if it was like that, then I could walk out in front of a, a semi truck. If it's not my time, I'm going to live. And I'm like, yes, you could walk out in front of a semi truck. If it's not your time to die, you would be splattered and put back together as a vegetable. Then if your time is 80 years from now, you're going to stay in a state of vegetable for the next 60 years if you were 20 years old because it's not time for you to so-called die in God's right. plan. So people, right. you need to realize God is the healer of all things. He utilizes certain things to make things happen. If we try to do something that is not in God's time like that, and I've heard people say, oh, well, I don't have to worry about it because if it's not my time, it, the, the truck will not even see me. And I'm like, you don't realize you can pay the consequences for what you've done, but it may not be the thing that takes you out of here. So God is in control. He's who gives the spirit. He is the only one that can take that spirit back. And so if you really, really want healing, yes, you have to go to him because he is the great physician. It tells us he's the great physician. But I'm like you, Rick, there's sometimes that, especially Christians who go to the altar and they're very much praying for healing. And they see, let's say, Miss So-and-so, she gets healed of this, and Mr. So-and-so gets healed of that. And there's, and there, it can be cancer, it can be heart attacks, it, it can be whatever. And then you come down with something, and you go down there, and you fervently pray like you have seen everybody else, and your heart is right. You're, you're doing what's right. You're not doing any major of what I call sinning in your life. Um, and so you don't get healed. And then you have preachers who will go, well, you just didn't receive your healing. Or you didn't believe or, you know, what's really wrong with you? And when they start doing that, Rick, I want to go, have you ever read the book of Job? Mm -hmm. I just want to stop the service and go, have you heard, have, have you read the book of Job? Because Job's wife and his friends, they blame Job's, uh, everything that happened to him because Job was a, totally maybe doing something bad on the side and nobody knew it because scripture says he was a very good man. Right. You know, he had not really done anything major wrong. The only thing that I think that he had fear about was about his own children. And it's interesting because now that I've studied this more and more, Satan can't lock on to us if we don't have something he can lock a on hook. to. If we don't have a hook, like it was fear for Job. Yes, it was fear. fear for Job. And, and it would be fear if you think you're getting sick and something's not right and you can't get to do the things you need to do. Like in my case, it was like, oh my gosh, I have radio shows coming up. What, what am I going to do? And you panic and you're trying to get well and like, I'm really needing to get well. I've got you know, music to do. I've got singing that I need to do. It put me in a state of anxiety. Yep. And it says in scripture, it's a sin to have anxiety, worry, fear. Yes, yeah. right. But because we're human, and unfortunately right. because we are empaths. Right. Oh That's my right. gosh. Does that just set up another problem it, for me? Because I level. have an emotional feel for things. And Satan just goes, Locks right down on me. Gets it. And, and let's speak to that for a moment, because I feel like we, there are people listening to us who are probably empaths. Many empaths be, are drawn to the Lord, drawn to Christianity, because they're spiritual. That's what the world calls empaths. They call them spiritual people. I didn't know that I was an empath. I just knew I wasn't like regular kids in my neighborhood from my earliest childhood. My best friend when I was eight years old was a 29-year-old man who was special needs. He was Down syndrome, and he had the mind of about a six or seven-year-old. He was my best. His name was Chris. Chris Milner was his name, and he lived two houses down now, Chris had the best toys in the neighborhood because he'd been collecting them for 29 years. I mean, this sounds funny thinking about it, but you've got to get what I'm saying. He, Chris was a late-in-life child. His parents were older, but they were wealthy. His father was the president of the local bank, and they had resources. And I was the only kid in the neighborhood who would play with Chris. He wanted to play with all the other kids. He was a kid. He was a, a big kid in a 29-year-old's body. If you you've ever been around Down syndrome, they're the sweetest people. Well, the kids in the neighborhood would sometimes pick on him. He had a little dog, a little um, chihuahua. Its name was Petey. And he loved Petey. 
and they would those kids would be mean to Petey, and Chris would start crying. Joy, <laughs> I, I know. you know, I was, I was always a tough kid. You know, imagine that I grew up to be a champion boxer and kickboxer. I would go to war with those kids if they said one word about. Yes. I was on them like stink on something else. And they wouldn't ever say anything to them again because I'd whoop them up one side, down the other. Never th I was drawn to do that. I had this care that I, as I grew up, of course, Chris stayed at that age, at seven years old. I became a police officer. And well, I was adult, of course. And one of the things Chris loved was when I would come to his house in my patrol car on duty and he loved to turn the lights on. I'd let him sit in my police car and turn the lights on and the woo-woo-woo siren. And he would just laugh, and, and I was close to him until he passed away. You know, they sometimes Down syndrome uh, people don't live that long, but he passed right. away. But I was different from the time I was a child. I had an empathy. It hurt me to see animals hurt. Hurt me. I could feel things that other people felt. I didn't know this was I was an empath. That's not a New Age thing. It's a Christian thing that the Holy Spirit is able to communicate with you. God made us this way. The devil didn't make us empaths. God created us this way with this ability. I would just know things. I didn't know how I knew them. I would know things about people. And that turned into me being the number one salesman in every company I ever that were what was fortunate enough to hire me, I would be there by far. I would be twice as good, three times as good as their next best salesman because I knew what to say to people because I could tell what they wanted to hear. Now, that is a manipulation. I'm, I'm not saying that's a good thing to do, but I'm explaining to you I have always been an empath. As you become a Christian, when you're an empath in the natural world, it's called you're a dark empath. In other words, you use that empathy for bad things. There are many criminals in penitentiaries right now that are empaths, but they're what we call dark empaths, meaning they used that ability to manipulate people and con people and lie to them and build, you know, fake things. When you become a Christian and you are an empath, that goes on steroids. That ability to hear things from the Lord, is it, you're hearing in the Holy Spirit, and to know things, that's what the prophetic thing is about. When someone that you meet can look at you and just know things about you and start telling you things. In the world, it's a psychic that does that. They're hearing the demonic spirits. In the Christian world, the Holy Spirit starts to tell you. Those are called words of wisdom, words of knowledge. They're gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget this. This happened to me. Some of you may have heard of, of, of a very famous evangelist named Mario Murillo. Mario Murillo. About 20 years ago, I, I'd listened to him on the radio and saw him on television. He quite, he's quite well-known, books. And I went to see him in person. I believe it was in Houston, Texas. Now listen, after he did his fantastic presentation, his, his um, sermon, he went back to his book table to sign books, and he was there. And I walked up to Mario, and he stuck his hand out to shake my hand, and that man looked at me. He looked right into my soul. I don't know how to explain it, but I, I'm as sure as I'm speaking to you right now, Dr. Joy, Mario Murillo looked into my eyes with some sort of a penetrating spirit, and he imparted into me at that moment something that the gifts that I have today, part of them, came from that exchange. I'm telling you, no words were spoken. The man looked at me with a way I've never, I don't know how to explain it unless it's ever happened to you. He pierced through my eyes and shook my hand and held my hand and he said, hello, who are you? I said, uh, 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 my, my name is, because at this time I was... It, something was happening to me, and it was an impartation. I felt the Holy Spirit rush into me. At this point, I was already baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I'd been walking in the stuff for maybe 15 years at that point. But he imparted into me. 
and my spirit became alive. I was never the same after that encounter. I wanted to tell him, but I, I didn't even have the words at that moment. So I'm, I plan to reach out to him at some point someday. He's very busy now. And just tell him, hey, I know you don't possibly remember this, but you looked at me and you, you penet your spirit penetrated my spirit. Now, that's this empathy thing that we're talking about. It's a Holy, Holy Ghost thing. When you're an empath, things will affect you much more much more intensely than they do other people. You wonder how most people that you know in the world, they just let things roll off their back. They have, they can do someone wrong in a business deal or rip them off, and they never lose 10 minutes of sleep over it. They go to sleep like a baby. They don't worry about a thing. They don't have that feeling thing. You, on the other hand, as an empath, oh, Lord, if you do, if you perceive that you've done someone wrong, you can't sleep. You can't think about anything. You may sleep a couple of hours, and you'll wake up at two in the morning and be thinking about it. Oh God, I need to fix that. And you don't even know how to fix it. You don't even know what to say or how to approach it. But that's how an empath, and it will affect you for days, if not weeks. Some things you will never get over. Some things the devil will flash you back like PTSD. It is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, because it affects you so. Painful things in your life, That especially if you've done it. If it's been done to you, it's one thing, and that's hard. But if you perceive you've done something that wasn't right, goo, Lord Jesus, it'll eat on you like a cancer, and you have to learn how to deal with it as an empath. I'm, t I'm speaking to someone right now. This is food for you. This is going to tell you how to get your life back under control because you, as an empath, you will live many years of your life out of control. You don't know you're out of control, but you're at the beck and call of your emotions. Your emotions will be hyper compared to healthy other people. In other words, and this is the downside of being an empath, you have an automatic attraction to narcissists. Hello. It is like magnet and steel. Do the research on it. Read some of the clinical stuff. And they, you are drawn to narcissists. The empath in you is drawn to someone who's broken. Oh, I wish it weren't so. Oh, I wish I weren't telling you this, but I've lived it. I am living it. You will look through your life and you'll see a trail of broken relationships. That may be a spouse. It may be a friend. It may be a business, a co people that you trusted and you were close to that ended up throwing you under the bus at usually the most inopportune time, the worst time it could have happened. This is how you'll live your life. And the sooner that you figure out and come to terms with that you're an empath, and this is how, and I can recommend some resources for you to read. Christian stuff is not New Age. Listen, the New Age knows about it because it's real, kind of like the pineal gland. The New Age knows all about it. The Hindu people, they know all about that because it's real. They just take it, manipulate it for their good. But because it's, they're using it doesn't make it not real. So the more a Christian knows, you're not going to perish for a lack of knowledge. Dr. Joel, I'll give it to you on that. It's, it's very true. I mean, that's the thing that it, um, the pineal gland and all the stuff that goes around with the connection that we have to electromagnetic waves. And that's the thing that when I wrote this last book that I felt like the Lord really laid upon me that I needed to explain to people about how our bodies, how our very DNA in our body is literally vibrating at a frequency that we're giving off frequency, but we also like tuning forks. We can come into contact with something and we can literally change the state that we are in. And you don't really understand how serious it is until you start looking at some of the the experiments that have been done, and we brought this up before, that if you put water in uh, and, and you talk to just plain water and you freeze it and you talk to it in a positive, like good things, and then you take that same, another bottle of water just like the one you just talked good to and talk bad words to it, you freeze it and you put it under microscopes when they freeze, and you can see that the good water is like all these beautiful uh, mathematical crystals 
beautiful like snowflake mm-hmm. looking things where the the bad water that you spoke very bad things to it is terrible because there it's all jagged and all this weird kind of stuff is going on so if our bodies are almost 90% water then we are being affected by the same thing in our environment and so like we mentioned earlier if you give in to fear anxiety worry things that most everybody does mhm then that just gives an open line to Satan being able to connect to you much quicker, much faster, and to stay at the wound that's already there, either because you had something that happened in childhood and you, like you was talking about, where you may feel insecure, all kinds of little things like that can occur. But if you can find those things and then ask Jesus to come and be a part of that and then cast out the demonic spirits that are, you know, infiltrating your body and doing these kinds of things. I, I do think that that is still a possibility to rid demonic activity from you, where it's oppressing you, whether it be, really, if you stop and think about it, the spirit of infirmity really has everything to do with not just being a sick person when you talk about physical. If you are sick mentally, emotionally, there's all these other things, you're still sick. You're still sick. So it's really like that these demons, when they come, they bring infirmity with them. And if you can cast it off and get it away from you, I, I would I would tell people to, to do those kinds of things. But it's like we said before, if that was the case and everybody could just rebuke a demon, that your hospitals would be empty. You know, there would be all this stuff would be taken care of. I I do think that the closer that you walk to the Lord, that he is protecting you, that he does allow you to get through things that maybe other people don't. I see the positive thing about being a Christian. But lots of times, like you say, people turn to Christianity thinking that that's going to make everything perfect. And I know the other night I had a I had a question where a person had changed from being a bad person and had, you know, become a Christian. And they were saying, my goodness, since I became a Christian, everything in the world has gone wrong. I was doing better <laughs> being a bad person. And, uh, you know, that's the thing that I feel like some churches, when we have people come to Christ, you know, and they haven't been, they have such difficulty because if any time Satan's going to go after them, it's going to be during those first years of becoming a new Christian because he does not want you to win. He wants you to go back to your bad ways and, most people don't understand that sometimes everything's going really good because Satan's, think, you know, he hasn't got to worry about you. He's already got you. Yeah, you're working for him. He, yeah, he's so happy it's, with you. it's it's really important uh, that that you do know this. If you are a Christian, more than likely you're going to be under some kind of attack because he's trying yeah. to break you, just like he tried to break Job, and he used everybody and his brother and. Cl- including Joe's poor wife, you know, he, he lost everybody trying to help him and it was left with his just himself. And it is something Rick, like you mentioned earlier, it is a thing between you and God. Nobody else can really, people can pray for you. And I do believe in that. I mean, it's just like the, the people lowered their friend down in front of Jesus. The man literally could not have walked to Jesus. They brought him, they They, brought him to be healed, you know? So yes, your friends can help, make things happen, but it becomes still a thing between you and him, you and him. And that's the main thing that we have to look at. It's between, you know, you, you have to be right with him, but you need to know the enemy. And if you don't know what you're fighting or you're made to believe that the devil's not real or Satan's not real, he is very real. He does have great power. And some people say, well, just don't give the devil power. Well, if we don't look at who, again, is fighting against us and why it's happening and maybe tune in if you are doing anything wrong to to change that, to maybe spend a little more time in, in the word. But you can do all of that. There are good people every day that are dying of cancer right. that have been great men of God, you know, that have died Everybody dies unless we see, you know, the the, uh, catching away, you know, and the rapture come where we're taken away like that uh, until we get our our resurrected bodies at the end of days and those kinds of things. Everybody has got a destiny. It will be a destiny of death or it will be a destiny of rapture. It's one or the other that will happen. But it's, it's, it's one of those things that you can't not, you can make things better. If you know what you're fighting, 
I've always felt yeah. like knowledge is the key. It if is. I know what I'm fighting against, regardless of what I'm fighting against, if I have knowledge of who it is and what it's about and how to stay focused, then you don't give up. So many times people just, they just give up. You know, everything's bad. I have bad luck. They blame it on all kinds of things. God doesn't love me. They do all kinds of things like that. And that is exactly what Satan is after. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I am going to give all of our listeners, get your pens and your notepad and take notes of what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to tell you the three steps to deliverance. And each one of these is, is... very important and very powerful in this order. Now, the three steps are, number one, identify. Number two, cancel. Number three, evict. Now, we're going to talk about each one. The first one, identify. You cannot get free of any demonic stronghold unless you identify what it is that got you, and more importantly, how it got you. Let's take an uh, example. When I was a child, some of you that have read my book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, know this. I had a very critical mother. I was adopted, and my adoptive parents, that's who I call mother. I never knew my birth mother. My mother would constantly criticize me as a young child when I would play sports, and I was a good athlete. I I grew up to be a professional athlete, so I was gifted. My biological father was an All-American running back, a college running back. My grandfather was an All-American running back. They were very—I come from a gifted family. However, the family that adopted me, my mother was an alcoholic, and she was very critical of me. And I remember seven, eight, nine years old playing Little League uh, baseball or Little League football, and my mother would just criticize me. When I would try to catch the ball, she would yell while the ball was in the air, don't drop it, Butterfingers, don't drop it. And, of course, I would drop the ball. So that imprinted me with a spirit of failure and rejection because I was rejected. That thing attached to me. That's why I'm saying identify so I had to look back and say, how did I get this rejection issue? It took me 50 years to figure out what was going on with me. I, had, I identified. I have a spirit of rejection. Number two, cancel. You have to cancel the legal agreement that you have. The entire spirit, the kingdom of God, good and evil, is a legal battlefield. The demons have legal boundaries. That's why the devil had to ask God, well, I want to attack Job. And God had to give him permission, say, you can do this, you can't do anything else. Because it is legal. It's like if you've ever, unfortunately, hope you haven't, but if you've ever been in a court of law, I spent a lot of time in a court of law because I was a bailiff for the court when I was in law enforcement. I spent four years uh, as a constable, which was the bailiff of the court. So I would, the guy that held the Bible, they raise their right hand. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I was the bailiff. In a court of law, everything goes by what is the law, what's written in the law books. A, a lawyer's job is to find an obscure law and bring it to the judge's attention and say, Your Honor, here is case law on this. And the judge looks at it, and if it's there, he says, well, you're right, you win, because it is written. It's law. That's what the law is about. You have to renounce and cancel the contract you have with that spirit of rejection. I told you I identified my spirit of rejection. It came in as my mother. And you're going to have to figure out how your stuff came in, and the Lord will show you. I figured out it came in when my mother was critical, criticized me constantly. At that point, I said, I cancel the contract, the agreement that was made on my behalf, my mother made when she was criticizing me. I canceled that because you, let me tell you something, you own your house. Your house is your body. That's your, that's your house. You own that thing, that clay vessel. You can kick anyone out or let anyone in that you want, period. I don't care if you're born again, unborn again, You can let anyone in or out. So you have the authority over your house. You have to cancel the contract with the demon and say, I renounce and I rebuke any 
hold, any stronghold that the spirit of rejection has over my life. At that moment, the Holy Spirit will start bringing things to your mind. You'll remember obscure things you haven't thought about since you were seven years old. That time that you're, uh, the neighborhood kid said so and something to you, and you'll say, and I forgive him, and I cancel that contract. The Lord will bring these to your mind. He won't let you just hang out there in the wind. That's the second thing. First thing was identify. Second thing, cancel the contract. The third thing, eviction. When I was the constable in my law enforcement, I had to do evictions. I hated them. As an empath, I hated evictions because I would have to go, and the people I'm kicking out of the homes for the landlords are always poor and destitute. That's why they can't pay the rent. And I would have to have their furniture put on the, in the front yard. It was horrible. I would have to stand by while the landlord had his goons move their, their, all their belongings. The, the mother would be crying. You know, the kids would be crying. Oh, it was horrible. But that's what I had to do. That was the evictions. You have to evict the devil, the enemy, the demons, out of your life. Once you identify it and you've canceled that contract, you've got to know what it is to cancel it. Then you say, in the name of Jesus, you're out of here. Go. Now, it's not just words. You have to walk it out. You can't let them back in. See, as a deliverance minister, and I've done it many years, that's the biggest problem with doing deliverance for people. Oh, yeah, we can get them gone, get them done, get them some relief right then. But guess what? Two days, three days, a week, two weeks later, they're in worse shape than they were because the demons came back. You have to change the locks on your house. That's you. The demons had the keys to get in. You know, when you evict someone, what do you do? First thing, you change the locks. You have to change your locks. You, get, you hear what I'm saying? You've got to change the access that the demons had to get in. Once you kick them out, you can't let them back in. And what that means is if you have a spirit of rejection that you have evicted, man, you're going to feel great. The first week, maybe two weeks, you're going to feel like a weight, literal weights lifted off your shoulders and you're flying light as a feather. But then the devil's going to make sure someone crosses your path that somehow says something that cuts you down a little bit. Says something like this. Wow. Have you done, have you gained some weight? You know, like in an innocent kind of, and you'll go, well, uh, uh, no, I, well, maybe I have. Man, have you changed your hair? I, I like it the way it used to be. I don't like this. That can wreck you because as a self-esteem person, a rejection person, oh, my God, I walk away wounded. When that happens, after you've identified, canceled the contract, and then evicted them, when that happens, the minute that person says that, Oh, have you gained some weight? You respond, well, I don't think so, but thank you so much for noticing. That's so encouraging to me. And laugh about it and then walk away and say, no, not so fast, Satan. I am not receiving that in the name of Jesus. And literally start singing a song. Start going, oh, I love you, Lord. Look, I, this is how it works. I, I've done this for years, and it works if you'll just. But you've got to evict them. Then eviction means they can't come back in. Once the landlord has evicted someone, they don't get to come back next week and say, hey, you know, I'm back. I'm going to move back in. No, you've been evicted. You can't come back in. You no longer, you're now trespassing, and you're going to be arrested for trespassing. Same thing with demonic forces. Once you evict them, you've got to put up barriers to protect yourself. Those three things, I hope you wrote it down. Identify, cancel the contract, and evict them. And that is how you get the demonic strongholds out of your life. Is it easy? No. These, each one of these is a process. The first one, identifying, may take you years to figure out what happened to you. Now, the good thing is if you can get in touch with someone who moves in the prophetic or a deliverance minister, they can oftentimes tell you what they're picking up in the spirit that your issue is. And that gives you a shortcut to go directly, and then you'll re realize and understand it. The second thing is canceling the contract. You have to mean it. It's, it's hard to go to court. If you've never been to court, 
You, your stomach will be in knots for a week before you have to go in there and sit in that. It's horrible. You're sitting on a bench, and the judge comes out in his black robe, and you're so nervous you could chew nails. Going to court's not easy. So when you do the cancellation, you've got to understand what you're canceling and stand by it. Then the eviction's the hard part because you've got to kick them out and change the behavior that let them in in the first place. Lock the door, change the locks on the door to your house, and then walk it out. Are they going to come back? Yeah, they're going to try. But as long as you keep the doors locked, they will not get back in. You hear me? Keep the doors locked. Those three things, identify, cancel the contract, and evict them. And that, if you remember those three, three things, that's your key to getting free. Yes, Rick, it's very true. The positive attitude and the way that you respond to everything, just pay attention to what it is, the emotions. And usually you can tell what's your worst emotion because you will overreact. And that is your trigger to let you know that this is where something is happening at because you will overreact. And overreacting means that there's something there that's really affecting you. And I agree with you totally that there, this is a very important thing for us all to participate in. And it's something we have to do on a daily basis because Satan is constantly wanting Christians to fall on their face and give up. And, you know, we can go back again and we're going to bring up the, the story of Job. Perfect example. Perfect example. I mean, you can be living a perfect life. It does not mean that if you live the perfect life that you're not going to have issues. If anything, it means that, yes, you are going to have more issues than you can imagine. So living the perfect life, we live in a fallen world. And because we live in a fallen world, we have to deal with these demonic entities all the time. As long as we are alive, we're going to be dealing with demonic entities. And the biggest thing is we're headed toward the end of days and we are told that evil is going to abound. And I think that we can clearly see that it is abounding in everything, every form, music, TV, videos, people, everything is coming to pass just like scripture has told us it's going to do. So the biggest thing that you can do is like I always say, you need to protect your greatest asset and that is your soul. Stay focused. It doesn't matter what you go through. You have that positive attitude that regardless of what happens, I stay true to my Lord and Savior and never give up just like Job did. Stay true to who God is in your life. Keep him first. And whatever happens in the end, you get paradise and you win. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Warriors. You can find the show notes for this episode at heavenlywarriors.com. If you join our mailing list while you're there, we'll send you something free as a thank you. Once again, this podcast is sponsored by my newest book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, which can be found at rickbellwriting.com, R-I-C-K-B-E-L-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com, and Dr. Joy Jeffrey Pugh's newest book, Beastmark, which can be found at her website, drjoy.com. That's D-R-J-O-Y-E.com. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to Heavenly Warriors and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and Audible. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Heavenly Warriors podcast? Please send them a link to this episode. We only grow when our listeners share the podcasts, and we really appreciate it. May God bless you. Until next time.